electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, plot twist for Disney, longtime stock watcher Michael Nathanson, why Wall Street's doubting the mouse. The park story is phenomenal. They've taken out costs. They've driven pricing higher. That's not really what drives the stock now. It's all about the Disney Plus story. And the U.S. consumer bouncing back. Is it enough to get the Fed to reel in emergency stimulus measures? Damned if they do again and damned if they don't. So I don't know why Jay Powell even wants that job. (laughs) I think he does, Joe. Plus the rest of the stories that got us talking. Squid Game, of course, Bitcoin futures and dad jokes. Oh, I got one for you, by the way, that I just learned. Where does George Washington keep his armies? It's Monday, October 18th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand under by in three, two, one. Hugh Andrew. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin, along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Yes, we are wearing pink this morning. We're all pretty in pink, but we're doing mm-hmm. it for breast, uh, uh, breast care awareness month. I was worried about you. What that. was that? It's not your thing. A colorful tie. Oh, I do. Yes. Where would like you to get wear, that? I like to wear muted tones. But you had it. I had this in the closet. You didn't have to go out and get it. You I had it in the closet. I had. It. I think I might have worn it as... Last time. We needed to, to no, wear it. I, I think I actually <laughs> wore this particular tie at a wedding. I was, I was one of the... Um, groomsmen? The groomsmen. I think yeah. that we were all given these ties to wear. Uh-huh. I think I wore with a khaki suit as it a, happens. Oh, boy. So there's a reason, a, there's a reason a, you have... That, not for normal reasons that you have. You would never. You would. You don't have a tie. You, you a don't have a yellow tie. You you would want to. You, you just. I did find. Do you remember those old um, the, those old vineyard vines ties yeah. that we were given with those I have some with of those, those yeah. f- with those funny things about business on them. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I yeah, found yeah. one with. From, a, um, I, I found a pink one with a White House and little uh, Tweety Birds. Twitter tweeting from the White House. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a bunch but of those. It, but it's yeah, a very the, the wide tie. The ones and the helicopters. I have some with oil money. rigs. I have all kinds of crazy. Uh, and I wear them still uh, once in a while. But you're not. Yeah, you are a. You know, and I understand. I mean, right. look at Mr. Wonderful. Yes. All black ties. Black suits, white shirt, black ties. That's but, his thing. But we're wearing it for breast cancer yes. awareness. And, and I was worried. Important. I was saying Sorkin's going to have to go buy a pink tie because you don't have. I got a huge selection. Of pink ties. And this is a really well, nice one. one. Yours is, you know, it's pink, but uh, not boring. a lot going on there. Thin. Becky's got... Yeah, she yeah. looks good. Did you guys go to the movie theaters this weekend? I didn't, but no. a lot this of is, people this did. This streaming. Halloween Kills. It's, well, streaming and you can see it at the Yeah, theaters, and I, I saw the first half you, hour. You and, did? Okay. And, and I heard, like my son said, it wasn't any good. I loved the first half hour. Uh, I mean, there was... This blood, is Halloween Kills. Debut number gore. one at the weekend box office, taking in $50.3 million in North American ticket sales. Oh, I saw that it's a part. very strong debut. I saw that part. It's notable because the film was released simultaneously. Uh, in theaters and on NBC Universal's yeah. Peacock streaming yeah. service. Awesome. 
NBC Universal, of course, is the parent company. And they of made CNBC. they made the movie. That's why Julian watch half hour. Uh, because I, someone, I can't watch it if there's like people around. Like Penelope was, it's like yeah. it, during the day watching Halloween Kill, she's like, "What's wrong with you?" You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside. You're watching Halloween Kills. Yes, I was. Yes, you are. Uh, Peacock, no less. But it. I'm not going to give anything away, but if you saw the last Halloween, we're pretty sure that he finally died in, in, in a fire. And like Jamie Lee Curtis is headed to, you know, the hospital and she sees the fire engines going right. to, to put the fire out. She's like, no, no, do not put that fire out. Don't just let it burn. Let it, and then the poor firemen go in and, well, you can imagine. But 50 million bucks. Good. For a movie of that, absolutely. Yeah, well, and by the way, if you're AMC, I don't know where the stock is right now, but I think it's, it's about 40 bucks. Yes. I'd watch I think it. about Adam. Wouldn't you watch it Adam just to Adams. hear the movie, just to hear the music? That, it's my favorite I, I, I'm music. Very, Every little intonation of the music. I, I am a scaredy you, cat. On the, you don't the like? I, do, I mean, I, I do when I don't, and, it's, it's a, and I can't really watch it before you know, sleep. Tw- I would actually watch it in the middle of the day. It's been 25 before. years since Scream came out, believe it or not. Wow. I was just reading an article in, in Daily News about that, and it's still... There's right. nut, you know, it's a cult classic. After the much stronger than expected uh, September retail sales number, it appears that the consumer has rescued uh, third quarter GDP growth to be at least somewhat respectable. Well, I, I characterize you, Steve, to some extent, somewhat respectable. Steve Leisman joins us now with the latest. Read, at least. At least on the consumer and GDP uh, for the fourth quarter and beyond. Steve. Joe, thanks. Yeah, forecasters were encouraged by the Friday retail sales report, and they see better fourth quarter growth ahead after that disappointing third quarter. Uh, Here's the latest CNBC rapid update shows the average third quarter forecast at 2.9 percent. It would have been worse without that September retail beat, but down, remember, from the 7.3 percent and the huge optimism at the beginning of the quarter where we thought the economy was reopening. It was dragged down by the surge in COVID. Conrad DeQuadro, Supreme Capital, says the consumer's in good shape. Household wealth is at record levels. Wages are picking up. Income growth is strong. There are lots of available jobs, and there is significant accumulated excess savings. For the year, in the CNBC Rapid Update, forecasters see 5.6% growth and above-trend 4% in 2022. Because consumer balance sheets are in good shape, inflation not seen as the biggest problem, at least for now, and at least at current levels. Stephen Stanley from Amherst Pierpont told me over the weekend, the bigger issue is going to be keeping the economy open and being able to make enough products and services available. Stanley, along with other forecasters, says his forecast is based on there not being another COVID surge that shuts the economy down again. And meanwhile, this just in really, the market continues to bring forward the forecast for the first Fed rate hike. Here are the latest probabilities I'm seeing for the first time a greater than 50% probability of a July rate hike. This has moved from December to September to now. We're talking about a summer hike. Comes along with the surge in the two-year yield this morning to around 44 basis points. That's the highest since March 2020. Joe, you remember that's when the Fed was cutting rates, and now they're back up 44. Steve, it's a complicated world, and, and uh, so many times the Fed is, is faced with uh, you know things that are conflicting with with what they're trying to do. And and I I think here we are again. So you've got a supply bottleneck, which could hurt growth globally. So they might want to stay easy, but then that just fuels the fire for the demand for the things that are bottlenecked. 
So then you got the problem with, with you know, really making it, exacerbating it, with, and then inflationary fears come. So they're damned if they do again and damned if they don't. So I don't know why Jay Powell even wants that job. <laughs> I think he does, Joe. But, you know, it's even more complicated than that. If you think about it, inflation is sort of a potential cure for the supply bottlenecks. You raise prices, you should have an impact on demand, and that demand could help ease some of the bottlenecks. So um, there, there are those, Joe, who thinks that the Fed is working at cross purposes with the bottleneck. The idea would be not to keep policy easy, not necessarily to tighten it, but maybe to ease back on the stimulus and, and keep things more, you know, uh, back towards a nor- more normal level. If consumers didn't have as much money as they have from the stimulus, they wouldn't be able to sort of overlook and, and just really power through or purchase through uh, these latest inflation numbers. But I was kind of surprised. I probably talked to three or four guys over the weekend along with their forecasts, and they were saying, we're not worried about the inflation issue here because of the savings rate and because of what's going on in the jobs market right now. Steve, that kind of ignores what's happening to retirees who did what they were supposed to all along, saved money, made sure that they were able to put enough away. You know, when, when you start seeing the COLA increase of 5.9%, that tells you whatever you thought you had stocked away isn't going to be enough in the next five to eight years, right? I think that's right. There's definitely a bias in Fed policy. They uh, reduce savings. But, you know, Becky, I, I, I'm going to get a lot of bad mail on this, but I might as well say it. The, the government, the Treasury market is not an entitlement program, right? So I don't know that as a matter of policy, what we want to be doing is be increasing, uh, keeping rates high because of the effect on seniors and savers. Um, I think if we want to do that, I don't think we're keeping that, them high. We're keeping uh, them artificially low. I mean, this is not about the us manipulating I, I, the savings rate to right. make sure that we're, you know, not hurting savers or something. We are artificially manipulating it to hurt savers. Right. That that's true. But but we do that in order to increase the. Uh, economic growth and ultimately help the larger number of people in the economy. Yeah, the people who weren't doing the right thing. We, we that, don't, if somebody who's doing all the right things gets hurt, we, we're not concerned. I, I understand your broader point. I just wonder when inflation kicks in, if there's a there's a point where you think, oh, my gosh, we really do have to worry about that contingency and, and that group of people. Yeah. Hey, Almost Steve, certainly there uh, is. I just was thinking about you. So I, I leave my Sirius XM now, you know, because I, I have a hard time figuring out what to listen to. Do, have you been on the Fish channel? Do you ever? It's like a Grateful Dead concert, just nonsense. It goes hours. Do you, have you, have you tri- done that? I have been, I've been listening more and more to the Fish channel, Joe. That's kind of interesting that you say that. I was, uh, they, they really go on. I don't like their, their lyrics or their songs as right, much as I like Right, but when the they're Grateful just Dead doing the Grateful I could see you going to that right. concert, you know, and doing some acid and just like you used to with, with the Grateful Dead and just sitting there for just hours and hours and hours. Right. Am I giving away too much? How I'm am kidding. I supposed I'm to giving. respond to that, Joe? How <laughs> am I supposed to come, come I, to Phil this is long time ago. Phil at the Capitol Theater, Joe? This is a long time ago. You, you want to go to Phil tonight? He's only explaining his own Joe? experiences, Steve. Yeah, exactly. I'm channeling. Right. Uh, is I Phil? Know. Phil Lesh is that? Is he there? Really? At the Capitol Theater tonight. I'm going to go. Yeah. That is awesome. Unbroken chain. Unbroken chain. Will you be yelling that? Unbroken chain. Unbroken. (laughs) With the lighter. Uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. All right. No, no. You use your phone these days instead. 
Coming up on Squawk Pod, the battle for your eyeballs. Netflix and Disney's hits, misses and binges, and the show everyone's talking about. I'm surprised by how much information has been leaked around Squid Game. Media watcher Michael Nathanson on streaming and subscribers, plus our own two cents. Have you, se- you haven't seen it yet? I don't want to watch it, you know, honestly. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Joe Kernan. Stand by, Joe. Here's Mike. Thank you. Netflix estimating the value uh, of its series Squid Game at nearly $900 million, according to an internal document seen by Bloomberg. Uh, the series cost just $21.4 million to produce. It's a big deal. Um, big sleeper. Kind of looks like it costs, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I, watched, I haven't watched it. I watched one episode. Was it too gory for you? No, it's not too gory, really. Um, Nothing is. (laughs) It's fake, I I think, um, luckily. I don't know. I got to watch the next one. It was just kind of crazy. I'm going to watch. uh, See, my daughter says it's like the greatest thing uh, ever. And my son, though, you know, it's too surreal. He's, He's not... I got a split split decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to decide myself. Back. Have you se- you haven't I seen it? Yet? No, I, you're I, busy. I don't want to watch it. You know, honestly. You don't want to watch it. No. No. It's yeah. gross. I don't know. A lot of blood. There's a lot of stuff I'd like to see that's not at the top of the list. Meantime, we're watching shares of Disney this morning. Take a look at what's happening here. The stock lower after multiple analyst notes citing concerns around Disney's streaming growth. Moffat Nathanson lowering its price target on Disney, asking if Wall Street is too optimistic on forecasts for Disney Plus signups and also questioning when the Parks Department will return to prior profitability levels and how a spinoff of ESPN would impact the stock. Joining us right now on all of it is Michael Nathanson, founding partner and senior research analyst at Moffat Nathanson. Good morning to you. Good morning. So now you're now the questions are coming. The questions are coming. The company pivoted. The company said we're going all in on streaming the market loved it. Now the market's not so sure. I think the market got ahead of itself. And the early guidance Disney gave was during a pandemic. And they did an amazing job of pulling demand in. And now the question is, you know, are the forecasts too high? And I think that's what everyone's worrying about. The past couple of quarters, growth has been slowing at Disney+. And it seems obvious to us that that's the right question. And we think, you know, growth is going to slow. And where the growth is coming from will be lower. Uh, ARPU markets like India, which are fine, but is not probably what the street had modeled. 
Okay, so you take that piece, and then you take this other piece, which is the parks. Right. You put them together. Where, where are you on the parks in terms of when we get back to, right now, we're, what, we're about 2019 levels? No, we're below 2019. Still, not, still think, below. Yeah, we think next year, 2020. So the fiscal year started October 1st for Disney. This current year, they'll get back to 2019. So the park story is phenomenal. Uh, they've taken out costs. They've driven pricing higher. The park story is, you know, that's not the issue here. And that's not really what drives the stock now, Andrew. It's all about, you know, the Disney Plus story, which got, you know, really, really drove Disney last year. But people are, you know, kind of now questioning the forecast. Right. But yeah, the park, the park story cannot be better. OK, let me throw in another part of the story, which is the speculation based on a report last week that may have been debunked. But I don't know where you stand on it around whether is whether Disney will or should spin off ESPN. Yes. So it seems like it's been debunked. But our analysis said this. You know, Disney is not a cheap stock. And the market's very much aware of ESPN and the challenges. We did the math and said, look, spinning out ESPN Plus doesn't really create a lot of value here. Sorry, ESPN. Getting ESPN off your books may make it easier for management to focus on some more important businesses. But ESPN is a big contributor to Disney's earnings. It will be spun out at a much lower valuation. And given where Disney's traded, it's not an accretive move. So I know the company kind of debunked it, but our math said it really is not, it's not an important lever that Disney can pull this point to get the stock going. Hey, Michael, uh, it's Joe. And, uh, you know, I'm not a Twitter fan, but every once in a while. So someone, can you help me figure out this? This is a good point. Can you get to $900 million on what Squid Games Squid Game is worth. How do you is that is that real? How do you get to nine hundred million dollars? And this actually, the guy that wrote in was saying, and Bitcoin's worth a worth a hundred million more. That there are a hundred billion more. That that makes Bitcoin actually seems cheap if it's a trillion dollars. <laughs> and Squid Game is worth nine hundred million. Right. We're going to find. Wait a out minute. Smart no, night. we're talking right. about no. We're talking about a thousand billion, aren't we? For. Uh, yeah. OK, we're missing a decimal point there. So that's yeah. OK, that's not that's not a good question, in fact. But back to what I said, 900 million. How 900 million? OK, so we're going to find out tomorrow night. Right. And we're going to ask questions about Netflix earnings and say how much of that growth that Disney uh, that Netflix will get tomorrow night is sustainable. You know, how many subs did they add that they would have not they would not have had before. And then we'll look at the ARPU in Asia Pacific, where they probably grew really quickly. And come up with some math. I, you know, I saw that report. It's really hard. You know, Netflix does not provide a lot of details, a lot of granularity on on shows. Um, I'll answer your question tomorrow night. How about that, Joe? Or, or Wednesday morning for you guys? Nine hundred million. That's about how many people I think die playing. Uh, isn't it, <laughs> Becky? Is that about? From what I've read, haven't seen any of no, it. No, I've in the first episode. We had a million, I, I wow. think, or so. <laughs> Hey, hey, Michael, just on this idea that Netflix doesn't provide a lot of information, I would say I'm surprised by how much information has been leaked around around Squid Game, you know. And do you think that this is going to be a step that they regret down the road? They don't have to give up any of this information because they're not releasing it for advertisers. They're doing it for investors. Um, And if you all of a sudden stop hearing some of these tidbits that get floated out there, is that going to tell you? Um, that you think the next release of something that they're not talking about was a bad one. 
Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think you're, you're totally on top of that. Is that we've been looking for data every quarter. Tell us about what drove growth. Tell us about how many viewers, you know, the number of hours streamed. I would agree with you. Like we'd want to hear now, anytime they drop a show we think is going to be big, give us some numbers, right? And, um, you know, can I just say to Disney, that was a question we had for Disney. When they started releasing their DTC subs, they, they did it consistently, right? So we want consistent disclosure. I think your point is really dead on. We'll expect it from now on on Netflix. We're going to get it. It then suggests that whatever they drop wasn't successful. Okay. Michael Nathanson with uh, the breakdown of Disney. We will see uh, where things head, but thank you. You hear that joke? I heard this on, on another network. If you're attacked, you're attacked by a group of clowns, what do you do? Go for the juggler. Go for the juggler. I didn't hear it on another network, but it's... You, well, I already said jugular, yeah, but yes. it's awful good. You got to admit, it's pretty if, good. if the clowns it's, come after you... It's good for a jumble. try to survive, go for the juggler. Um, that's like one of those... Tell Max and Henry. Warning, tell Max and Henry. Oh, I got one for you, by the way, that I just learned. Yeah. Where does George Washington keep his armies? In his sleeveys. <laughs> That's good. That is good. That's actually it's in better. the same category. It's no, in the same better. category. Those are the best. Those are the best. Those are the best. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, how much would you pay to jump on the Bitcoin bandwagon? Now I'm chicken. Would you buy Bitcoin at 60? I'm chicken now. <laughs> the future and futures of crypto right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe with the Bitcoin story that got us squawking. Nen, um, it's weird the way this happened. It happened very quickly, didn't it? The first Bitcoin futures ETF in the U.S. It happened slowly. How does that, what the, there's, an, there's an expression like that. It took forever, but then it happened immediately. <laughs> um, the U.S. is set to begin trading this week. ETF futures, and you can see what it's done. Uh, to the price of Bitcoin was actually higher a couple of times, over 62000 not quite back to uh, the all-time high, but pretty darn close. According to an, in, uh, an amended filing from ProShares, which came on Friday, uh, we know about all this. The SEC has not formally improved the, uh, approved the investment product and may never make a formal declaration of approval for it, but the announcement uh, from ProShares indicates that the agency uh, is unlikely to block the listing. It's unclear uh, at this point exactly when the ETF ticker symbol BITO will start mm-hmm. trading. And you can look at uh, the shares of crypto prices. So you this in the, are you in the yet? Kramer camp? or the, For, What's his camp now? He's in, the, he's in the short-term pessimistic camp that, this is, mm. that there's been a big ride. Yeah. 
now there's been even a bigger ride in the past week in anticipation of this and that there'll be a, a, a fall off after it. And then there's the other view, which is sort of the Anthony Papliano view, which is that this is the great signifier of the next big move. If you, you, I've been watching the World Series, and there is a crypto partner for Major League Baseball. It doesn't and surprise me. <laughs> oh, I mean, Grayscale Gray, Gray now yeah. is the sponsor of the, took over the sponsorship of that stadium. Yeah. Behind, uh, next to home, it says FTX. The entire, I'm trying well, to have watch we it. It says last week. crypto, are you right. in? We crypto, were asking are last week in? because Pepsi is coming up with its Super Bowl uh, sponsorship. They're re- reaching the end of the sponsorship. And I think, Andrew, you were the one who asked last week. Yeah. Would it Why be not? somebody involved with crypto who might pick up uh, the sponsorship? Have you, or are you not seen pick those great Tom Brady ads yeah. and with Giselle and all of them? Is that FTX? That, that's, that's FTX. Might, that's FTX. Yeah, that's the that's one FTX. that does the major league They have baseball. a new one in the past week or two about the trade, everyone thinks he's going to be traded. Where is he going to go? Where's, what's he going to, then there's a thing that Giselle wants to move to L.A. And then it's really about the trading of not him. but So can it down. still go to zero, Jamie Dimon? I, we don't think that Jamie Dimon's ever said it's going to go to zero or it's worthless in that way. I think Jamie's just said zero no worthless, inherent value. Worthless is, yeah. They just said no inherent value. I personally think that Bitcoin is worthless. But I don't want to be a spokesman. I don't care. It makes no difference to me. I don't think you should smoke cigarettes either. But it's also, you can say that about so many other things. There's no well, inherent you can value. say it about everything, really. Well, there's some things that you can actually use for something else, whether that be grains or commodities, some of those things, too. Not if you, they have if you don't value. eat and if you don't drive <laughs> and don't need heat, I guess, everything. Uh, but certainly, I, I think, like, many things are not inherently... Worth some, and certainly the right. art world. Uh, what's happening right. in, the, in the art world? And, you know, I, I might I might argue about a, a non gold backed uh, currency. I mean, it's the full faith and I get all, I get all that. But there's countries that back that have currencies that I think are have, <laughs> have no <laughs> inherent value. Right. And then even if you look at gold, okay, gold is used for jewelry, but can be used. The case can be made that gold initially did not become worth a lot because it was used for jewelry. It became worth a lot because it represented the old ledger idea. A limited amount of it. Well, and it it was what you use for a ledger entry because there's a limited amount and because it's immutable and because it doesn't, you know, over time it stays the same and everything else. But people now make that case uh, for Bitcoin. So... But I don't know. My, back to my original question. I mean... But I would also just... This is big. There's a lot of... But where Jamie may be right... And this was sort of the interesting punt that Gary Gensler's made on this, yeah. is by punting on the futures, that's one thing. Yeah. It leaves open, in a very big way, the opportunity to fully, fully regulate the actual thing, which is Bitcoin. So this is not just to say that... Regulation's okay. It's just well, that it we're not going to regula- pull a China. Well, it depends what you think the regulation... Right. is and what it looks right. like. Well, I could see a little bit of... You know, it's kind of the Wild West. I mean, we, we saw Eamon's reports about... You know, people hit up their Coinbase account and it's like says zero. And before that, it said one point one million. I mean, that that can't happen very often. Well, and it was and, your and you're well, locked so, but, out. You've, but there, you, but that's you very no interesting. longer have access to this account. If, if if the government were to say to a Coinbase or to ver- any exchange or any any oper- anything where you would transfer or hold this stuff, that you would effectively have insurance against it, the cost of that would go probably pretty, pretty high, especially yeah. because the technology doesn't really exist for you to, to protect it in that way. I chickened out. I, I mean, I had, <laughs> when Bitcoin was, you know, 
six, seven, eight thousand dollars. You know, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. You know how much Ethereum I bought? Like a, I don't know, eight months ago, I bought two. I bet you know that. So I bet it for seven, seventeen hundred dollars or something. So I, I mean, it. I don't you? I wish I bought like two hundred or something if I if I could afford that. But now I'm chicken. Would you buy? Would you buy Bitcoin at sixty? I'm chicken now. Well, it's just because I, you know you're speculating. You don't. You don't. No, that's not why. Because it's run up. Because if I bought it at eight thousand, oh, I bought it as low as four thousand. Um, I'm, I'm, and other people bought it at four hundred. Um, so well, it's at sixty-one thousand. It depends. I just can't if you think the best chance is that it gets to one hundred thousand and more than doubles, do. right. Then there you well, go. What about at forty thousand? But if you but if you listen to Kathy Woods, three weeks ago, but Kathy Woods will say it's going to get to five hundred thousand. But it was at forty thousand. But you're making three weeks ago. You're making my point that it's speculation. It was at forty thousand three weeks is. ago. It's, <laughs> now it's you're one at great speculation. So is buying it's IBM. One great speculation. So is buying stocks. So is mm. buying commodities. So is buying there's, options. So is buying ostensibly some some underlying business there. Options. No, what no, I'm saying derivatives. Is you hope you hope that IBM that there's an underlying business with IBM. You might underlying. like Bitcoin better than IBM. <laughs> That's Squawk Pod. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen. And if you're a fan, let us know. Unbroken chain. Unbroken. <laughs> With the lighter. Send us a tweet at Squawk CNBC or write a review on Apple Podcasts. Spread the word. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. And we are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 